Hello, welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate and I'm joined as I always am by my good friend, Josh. Hello, mate. I'm good, man. How are you? Going well. Good to see you. Yeah, I know. It feels like it, it's, uh, it's, it's always this long, kind of, I, feel, I feel like our meeting's getting longer and longer and we gotta, uh, we got to cut that away and get back to our weeklies, right? <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. I missed last week. Why did I miss last week? I'm not sure. I think it was a bit of both of us, man. Like my um my Tuesday nights now are busy from eight o'clock. Um, so I don't know. It's just uh what we're letting life get in the way of, of important things. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, we gotta gotta prioritize the uh the podcast and well it has been very busy. You've you've moved back to Canberra, you're smashing out doggo days and pretty close to being live by the sounds of it, which is great. So good yeah, on you. But a month away, and, mate. Um, month away and yeah business has been pretty busy up here as well trying to uh build a team and get get some training going and yeah and obviously life is pretty busy with four children <laughs> i don't have that one but um i'll uh i'll take your word on that oh <laughs> uh, yeah well um that's no, good good fun today's uh tuesday the first tuesday of the month and we 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 know that the first Tuesday of the month is the RBA's meeting. What was the news out of that? Let's have a little Nate news segment. Nate news, yeah. Well, you know, shockingly or not shockingly, they have raised interest rates another twenty five basis points. So mm. I read a couple of headlines that people were shocked that the interest rates have gone up again. But I just can't see how that's uh, shocking. Obviously, they're they're writing these news headlines to to get, I guess, you know, it's clickbait and so forth. But yeah. I mean, people can't be too shocked about this. Rob Lowe has been talking about the fact that inflation being high, you know, is a, is a real, real problem, uh, and it's and it's it's being pesky. It's it's lingering. It's hanging around, and in some ways, the economy has been somewhat robust. the The employment has been somewhat robust, and you know, inflation figures last month. Uh, I think it was the April month was actually better than expected. It was 6.8. It came in percent. So that was higher than expected. And we saw a bit of a dive on the share market that day yeah. as we as we did today on the back of uh, the interest rates rising. So here in Australia, for those who don't know, they did pause raising interest rates there for that month, but we've gone back to, we've done two rate rises now in a row. Yeah. And, you know, I was just reading Rob Lowe did talk about you know the potential for obviously more and going harder if if inflation continues to be to be this pesky. So not great news for mortgage holders, but what's not great news is is inflation hanging around for a long time, which we've spoken about a fair bit on this podcast. But yeah, mate, that's that's I guess the little roundup from today. And yeah, yeah not good news for mortgage holders. No, definitely uh, keeps chipping away at the uh, pocket for sure. And um, I, I own a house in Victoria, and I've recently, um, if, if if there's a, if there's property investors on here, make sure you um, uh, pay five dollar a year membership to be a part of Picker Property Investors Council of Australia. Very good. Yeah. Um, they advocate for yeah. property investors, and uh, yeah, that was just sharing some news recently. Um, Victoria have just. Uh, pumped up the land tax um, and lowered the threshold massively. So I'm pretty sure there's like a flat fee of like $920 a year on top of what everyone else is already paying, plus 
0.1% for every dollar over, I think, 300,000 of land value. So, um, yeah, Victorian property owners, uh, investors can expect to have a bit more taken out of their pocket there as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely it's an interesting – I feel like it's a very left-swinging pendulum at the moment in the mm-hmm. greater economy, the greater – uh i guess political environment and um that along with um you know higher interest rates higher inflation it's it's starting to really affect everyone government's still spending a lot of money too um so it's i don't know it's um it's an interesting time and i think we were listening to a podcast maybe a month or so ago uh and they were saying like i think this is right as interest rates stopped um going up and the, I can't remember who it was, but they were saying, you know, if we do see a turnaround in in uh, inflation, which starts going up again, you know, I don't think people have factored that in, that if inflation does spike again, um, what happens to interest rates, what happens to the markets then, and how does that affect everything? Because this is playing right into that uh, 1970s kind of prediction, you know, we're, we're seeing that up and down wave happening. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I was talking about that double spike, you know, like, and that's why I think, you know, that sort of pause in the interest rates, I guess, was a bit scary. And then, you know, it, it has come to fruition. We did see that increased inflation data. So, you know, what the last thing we want is inflation to spike again. Like you said, the government's spending a lot of money. And and I think people still have been spending a decent amount, although we're probably starting to see a little bit of tightening. You know, I'm certainly seeing it in my industry. People are just a little bit more conscious of spending spending money and yep. you know you were talking about crossfit earlier 60 bucks a week yeah it's, 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 just, that's insane they're gonna get hurt yeah, so <laughs> we'll see we'll see how the gym industry goes with their membership fees and yeah you no know, inflation you know have pinching them a little bit as well so yeah i i guess yeah there's a fair bit happening there with with inflation and yeah. And um, mortgage rates. So who knows where it's going to go to? I think the cash rate here in Australia is now 4.1, 4. 4. I believe. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's around 4.1. 4. 4. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit different to 0. 0.1 that it got down to in COVID. Yeah, yeah, very. And um, Ben Kingsley, obviously, um, I think he's a chair of Picker, but obviously um, Ben and Bryce do the Property Couch podcast, another great podcast everyone should listen to. Um, obviously they probably reach a few more people than we do. Um, but he, he keeps saying on the podcast with regards to inflation, it's, uh, it's up to the consumers, which is us to actually spend a bit less. Um, or yeah, just like, you know, close your wallet a bit more, um, stop accepting these price rises that are, that are happening, uh, in pretty much every industry at the moment. Um, because that's what grows inflation right um and if if they stop spending prices will stop growing so he's a massive advocate for us the consumer to spend a bit less um and just you know not accept these price rises across everywhere um in the discretionary areas because it's just going to keep pumping up prices it's going to keep pumping up inflation and um it's just going to hurt the economy longer term so as he's saying like in terms of not accepting these prices you're not accepting it by just refusing to spend yeah. yeah just just you know don't spend as much on obviously we have we all have to go shopping you know we all have to do our groceries um 
but maybe on the discretionary items, you know, uh, or, you know, if maybe if it's you eat out three or four nights a week, maybe you make it one or two nights a week, um, mm. you know, because everything is going up. Um, and the more that we accept those prices, the more inflation will keep moving up, which means that mm. it's going to be that ugly virtual cycle where one pushes the other up, which pushes the other up. So, yeah. So, so no more beard trimming for you, mate, at the, uh, the bar, but it's just, uh, just give me the blade over the top. Yeah, exactly, mate. I, I I got it done once at the barber just to see how they did it. And then me, you know, tightening my pockets, I do it myself every other time now. <laughs> I just I keep, I keep following the exact same lines they did. And slowly but surely, it's it's probably getting out of whack, but um, we're keeping it somewhat. <laughs> uh, it's good. It looks neat enough, mate. Yeah. You can't tell with my blurry camera. So it's all good. Yeah. All right, well, we've been promising to talk a little bit about the Berkshire Hathaway meeting, which now was almost a month ago, and we won't dive too deep into it. I think let's just go over a couple of the key takeaways. Otherwise, we'll be here for a couple of hours because there's just so much juicy stuff in in the Berkshire Hathaway meeting. Always is. Um, it's important to note we won't go into their, I guess, their annual, you know, the shareholder letter that Buffett talks about so we won't go too deep into uh the workings of berkshire hathaway uh their their earnings and all that sort of stuff we'll stay away from that tonight and we'll just maybe pull out a few of the juicy nuggets that munga and buffett talked about in, in that sort of meeting so again it's yeah. it's uh epic five hour type meeting so we'll try and get this down into about <laughs> 10 15 minutes we'll see how we go <laughs> five hours in the 10 <laughs> minutes you're only going to get yeah. the gym surely that have been ruined by um, us talking about it. <laughs> where do you want to start, mate? Um, well, I, I'm going to start with, you know, probably something that everyone can essentially expect out of every meeting, but I think it's even more important now than ever, and that's the importance of long-term investing. Um, stressed again by, you know, the ninety, the high ninety-year-olds, uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Uh, it's stressing the importance of taking a long-term approach to investing. Um, the best returns are achieved by investing in quality companies and holding onto them for years, if not decades. Yeah. So, I mean, these are, these are like something, these points are, are things that he often stresses in, you know, there's, there's that theme for many, many years. If you go back and read all his letters, you know, for the last 40 years, he, you know, he stresses these this long-term investing approach and, and he cops a fair bit of flack for this you know value investing and and you know not not necessarily beating the share market you know in recent times with this sort of boom uh so he does cop some flack for this but it is you know it's a it's a tried and tested method that he he does he, he sits his cash in companies good quality businesses which is something he also talked about was focusing on quality businesses yeah, uh, with you know high quality businesses with durable competitive advantages or or a moat, and that's something we've talked about from the very beginning. Businesses having this moat, uh, which is even I would say even more key in this high inflationary environment. That if someone has a has a moat, they they're almost almost a little bit inflation proof in terms yeah. that they can put their prices up and not not have that. They've got that competitive advantage. They're not fighting for a cheap cheap price or putting their products or services at too cheap so yeah that's a good one yeah definitely and when you think in terms of like you know we talk about 
us and everybody knows about you know their own life and their own expenses and how how hard inflation is uh just for the you know the general family you know the expenses go up the income generally doesn't go up in line with the expenses mm. and um and you know you're you're going backwards before you know it but like businesses have the same problems right and um generally a lot of businesses carry a lot of debt and as we know at this stage debt's becoming more and more expensive and when that income goes down but the debt uh, service service goes up you know this is where businesses go bankrupt very quickly and that's why they want quality businesses because that's not going to happen to businesses without debt and it's not going to happen to businesses who have a very strong cash flow so um yeah. you know these are yeah. these are the points that haven't really mattered over the last decade right um right. you know zero interest rates meant that everybody could borrow money as much as they wanted um, but now the people who borrowed a lot of money are starting to feel it uh, and the businesses who borrowed a lot of money you know they're starting to feel it and they just can't service that debt mm. so yeah that was a good point uh investing in for the long term and focusing on good quality businesses the other thing that buffett talked about and Munger for that matter was uh they, they say get get used to making less and i and i definitely see this in the business world the small business world here in uh queensland uh they, they basically said you know they said that the majority of of their businesses in, in berkshire hathaway um will report lower earnings for the last year um you know that incredible period of i guess boom is you know buffett thinks is coming to an end uh muffa muffa Munger, I should say, I was com- combining the Buffett and Munger there. Uh, Munger, Munger was a lot more pessimistic, and he he sort of said, "quote You know, I think value investors are going to have a harder time now that there are so many of them competing for a diminished set of opportunities." And and his advice to value investors is get used to making less. There you go. He has, I guess, that's pointing at the fact that there's a lot less great companies to buy then, right? Yeah, I think yeah, I think partly that a lot less great companies. I think in this environment where we had, you know, I guess all those companies that are just rolling, not not reporting any earnings, that you know they're they're cap raising, they're you know all the spacs, all those things. This is not the environment for those companies. You you need you need money. We've been told cash is trash for so long. Well, well, guess what? Now it's kind of cash is king, and and you need cash, and you just can't be running these companies. With, with no money, being able to cap raise, investors, you know, throwing money around. Those, like you said, yeah, those those businesses are just not going to be uh, in existence. And, and the good quality businesses, yeah, they're good. They're good for a reason, but they're, uh, I guess, margins are coming down. They're, you know, it's, we've already mentioned inflation, so expenses are going up. There's wage, wage um, pressure as well. And and just those margins are coming down, so people are reporting less earnings. And and both Munger and Buffett have talked about expect expect that expect that moving forward. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. Next time, mate, do you, you, you take it away? Sorry, my dog just walked in and made the very squeaky door squeak open. So <laughs> I didn't hear it. Oh, that's good then. Don't worry. <laughs> um, uh, they talked about the future of Berkshire Hathaway. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm just going to quote this. Um, Buffett and 
Munga were confident in the company's ability to continue delivering strong returns. They also hinted at potential acquisitions in the future, stating that they were always on the lookout for new opportunities. We'll do better in the next 50 years than the last 50 years, Buffett said. So he's confident. Uh, yeah. um, even, you know, like we talked about, these guys are pushing 100 years old, but um, they're still looking yeah. at 50 years from now. So uh, that's really I have awesome. such good confidence in the American economy and, and sort of the US dollar. That's what yeah. always comes through, hey? Yeah, for sure, 100%. So just on the on the future there, he also talks about, I think this is probably one of the first times that Buffett has addressed um, <clears throat> addressed this is that Greg Abel, uh, he's more than uh, Greg Abel's more than competent at you know taking the you know basically the Berkshire Hathaway company into the future. He says Greg will keep the culture um, long after Munga and Buffett are gone. So I guess that that's them addressing. Uh, I guess the question everyone's thinking, you know, like you said, these guys are approaching 100. Who's going to be running this company into the future? And, and it's, you know, Greg Abel. And yep. they're very, very confident in his ability to run, run Berkshire Hathaway. Imagine having Warren Buffett as your mentor. Yeah, I know. Just... <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be something, hey. That'd be something. Yeah. Like... I don't know much about Greg Abel. Well, you can probably, you can probably guess he's going to be somewhat similar to Warren if he's yeah. being mentored and coached in, in running Berkshire Hathaway, right? Like, obviously, yeah. get the best out of somebody through what they're great at, but Berkshire is Berkshire, and it has been run the same way for so long. You would expect whoever's going to take over is going to be very similar. Yeah, might be a little bit different, but similar. <laughs> we certainly wouldn't expect him to put someone in charge that, um, yeah, they don't have the same ethos and <clears throat> and value system. Yeah, not at all. Right, uh, Buffett think? still loves Apple. He's still a, a big, big fan of Apple. Loves the company. Thinks it's one of the best. He he definitely says it's their best uh, holding in, in uh, the Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, uh, number of companies that they they own. Um, it's it's probably more now, but I'm just going off this this data. Uh, it's yeah, Apple accounts for almost forty percent of the Berkshire Hathaway portfolio, which is just incredible. And uh, that might yeah, be even higher we, now. I think we we looked at that last last, last call, and yeah, it was it was yeah. massive holding. It was like a hundred billion dollars or something like that. Yeah. That's nuts. That's that's a massive chunk of the actual business too, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I think yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's... yeah, I think their their market caps two trillion now. Apple. Yeah. Or well, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's massive. Hey, um, yeah, you know, he says that it's you know what it it ha is one of the better businesses that they own, or is the best business that they own. Um, and and he he, we know that Buffett always will disclose his mistakes which is what what you like to see in an owner um not yep. just always blowing blowing the trumpet of all the good stuff but he said one of you know one of his mistakes was uh, you know a couple of years ago he sold sold some shares of apple and and that's a bit of a regret for him because yeah it's just an amazing company and you know he obviously obviously loves it yeah and they, and they, i think are they still doing share buybacks with apple i think a lot of the good companies still are right 
they, yeah. especially on those lower things. Like I was just looking at a couple of share prices earlier. Like Netflix has just cracked 400 again. Um, it's up to 400. Yeah. Meta Meta's cracked 170. Um, Google back up run, to about mate. 126. What's that? They've been on a run that tech those tech shares. Yeah, well, that was smashed, right? Like, Netflix was at seven hundred. <laughs> yeah. There's a real AI. Not to get off topic here too much, but there's a real AI boon going on at the moment as well. Um, it's carrying over to a few AI shares here in Australia. Appen up almost fifty percent in a week or so, or two weeks. Yeah, wow. So that's on the back of Nvidia, which is, I guess, the main one people would have heard in the news has been um skyrocketing so yeah a bit of an ai thing going on at the moment interesting did you end up trying out bard no is that is that what you're talking about i had no idea what you're talking about yeah so bard's like, basically this, this ChatGPT. A... yeah okay. But, it, okay but it's linked to it, it's google's version yeah i i was listening to phil towns and um danielle towns podcast last week and they were talking about Bard. And they weren't impressed. Yeah, right. Don't know. Have it's got a lot it? of information, though. Yeah, have you tried it? Yeah, I tried it. It is it's actually really interesting because um, I tried it in terms of uh, coding. And I okay. I essentially asked it to code me like a copy of a, another website online and then I asked it to change all of the branding to my business's branding. And yep. it spat out me a HTML page um, and then gave me a secondary CSS to attach to it. So it would be all of my branding on this page. It's really interesting. I was just playing around. I'm like, wow, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> but in terms of like, do you have a comparison to chat GPT? Uh, when I did it with chat an GPT, opinion? anytime I, it, it would still do a h like it would write you up a html html document for a web page mm. but if it was a brand new website you couldn't do it right because it's only stuff up to a certain point but i'm pretty sure chat gpt4 now is live that that was yeah, the one okay. that um everyone was real worried about because mm. so. because google on record saying chat gpt is was a real competitor to what they're doing and um and Bard, in some ways, has been rushed out, I think, to try and compete. It's probably come out a lot earlier than they had maybe anticipated on on their timelines. Yeah. I'll give it a go. I didn't understand what you're talking about in the message, and I just thought it was some sort of autocorrect typo thing that was going on, and I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> no, mate, give it a crack. But I'll sorry, give it a go. To, I got really off topic, off topic we'll, um, we'll do We'll do a couple more, mate, and then I think we'll call it couple more what have we got uh what did we just do we did well, uh here i got one Greg. interesting and this is i'm gonna say this is like not contrary anymore but contrary to the uh maybe the the slightly younger buffett um embrace innovation yeah and yeah. and they talk in terms of technology too right so um you know they acknowledge the importance of innovation in today's world and praise the technology advancements made by companies such as apple and amazon um, and they revealed that Berkshire Hathaway has invested in several tech companies over the past year, including cloud computing company Snowflake and fintech firm Paytm. Mm. Mm. You know what? You know what's funny in that comment is that I was watching a clip of Buffett today on YouTube, and he was talking about tech, and he goes, 
he, he still does not do any email, none. And he, he pulls out of his pocket, he reaches into his pocket and pulls out his, his phone, which is this, looks like this flip phone from like the early 2000s. So it's funny to hear him saying embrace, you know, innovation. And he still doesn't read an email. <laughs> yeah. I still think it's a double-edged sword, right? Like I was listening to a really great audio today. And, um, you know, if you want to be really great at something, then you have to give it a lot of time, right? You can't be doing a whole bunch of things. Well, yeah, you can be really efficient on your phone, but what's the biggest distraction? <laughs> like yeah. how easy yeah. is it? To, I do this all the time and I'm starting to really kick myself in the, in the butt for it. Um, is I'll go to do something and then I open my phone to do it and then I'm sidetracked straight away by a notification and I go to that yep. notification, I'll spend five minutes there and then I'll just be like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's really bad. So I think the discipline around that kind of stuff, if you can do it, and clearly Buffett's the best in the world at what he does, um, has been for so long, right? So I'm sure he doesn't let himself get distracted on on crap. No, he wouldn't. And he's well documented that he, you know, reads over 500 you know, pages a day. And he just, you know, he, 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 the, the thing is, we were talking about choosing, you know, making choices uh, off air before. And, and Buffett has always chosen not to get caught up in Wall Street. You know, he lives in Omaha. He's well out of, you know, I guess that sort of news and in your face stuff. So, you know, he, you know, he made, he made choices a long time ago to, to invest a certain way and and doesn't yep. get distracted and uh, it's it's such a key skill in life as well as not not being able well not getting distracted and staying focused a, yep. that's a skill set that's a real skill set it is and and i i honestly believe that that discipline because that's what it is is a discipline too mm. it brings mm. happiness man like like if i can if i can look at myself uh, a month ago or probably two months ago to now like two months ago i'm sitting there going like what can i do to you know do better in business or what can i do here and I, my brain was like a massive cloud of fog i just could not i wasn't happy in that sense because i'm just I'm, I'm i didn't know what was happening whereas now i'm so confident in where things are going and it's like i'm i'm not spending time doing a b and c i'm just doing d because i know that that's going to yep. get me there. And wow, it, it creates a, a massive shift in the mental state. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mindset's key, isn't it? We were sp speaking about that earlier as well. Yeah. Yeah, good one, mate. Thanks for a little wisdom bomb. Mm. Wisdom bomb from the 31-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, well, we might pull it up there, although I, I just did um, – I had one more point. Uh, Bring it Buffett up. still loves ETFs. Loves the market, loves the S&P. I think he thinks it's still a very good investment strategy. So I think yeah. that's a key point. You know, we, we do try and, I guess, stock pick a lot. And, um, you know, you've got the, you know, the, the one of the greatest, if not the GOAT. And uh, he, he's talking about the just buying a, an ETF as, as a great investment strategy. Yep. He's a massive advocate for dollar cost averaging the S&P 500. And he always has been. Yeah, he doesn't do it himself, but I mean, he it, it's different. It's not. It's not. It's not for him. He's you know run, loves running businesses and and. But I think for the for most of the population, we probably should be just dollar cost averaging and doing ETFs. And it's again another investment strategy and a, and a good one. There's so many different ones. I was reading today. There's this um, 
this might be interesting to you, a covering call ETF. So it's, it's like these high dividend yield ETFs. Mm. Uh, it's basically an options ETF. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, I was doing some reading on that today. Maybe we can dive into it another time. Yeah, because I you know, think like covered it's... calls are one of the best ways to make money if you own shares, right? But um, that sounds yeah, well, really interesting. This, yeah, I, we'll have to have a look I into it. I can't remember which I can't remember which ETF it was, but it was in America. It was sort of spitting out about twelve percent dividend. It was it was almost a monthly dividend too. So like the idea is that it is making you money. Yeah, for sure. Because um, think... it, it's super easy to make money doing it, but like I said, you have to own the shares. So yeah. Clearly, being a fund, they could, and they could just be doing that consistently. Mm. Very good. We'll, we'll we'll do some research on that one, mate. Might be a good uh, different strategy and and a, maybe a good way of de-risking of not actually doing it, but you just you 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 do it via an ETF. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Sounds good, mate. Good stuff, mate. Well, that's the uh, Berkshire Hathaway meeting in a nutshell, in a fifteen-minute nutshell, five hours <laughs> into fifteen minutes. Let us know if we missed anything. And uh, yeah, sure thanks for tuning into another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Enjoy it. Have a good one. All information on the Legacy Investing Podcast is the opinions of the host and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing Podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial professional.